Ready to break free from algorithms, vanity PR, and money-sucking ads? My name's Larissa Worstiak, and I've learned in seven years of jewelry marketing that content is the crown jewel. My agency, Joy Joya, takes a holistic approach, leading with laser-focused storytelling, impactful content creation, and strategic content distribution. This method has worked for the solopreneur as well as the multi-million dollar company. And now I'm sharing the same systems and tactics with you. Here's to standing out in the sea of sparkle. This is episode 249. In this episode, we're closing out our mini series on social media marketing and diving into an essential aspect of any digital marketing strategy, assessing the performance of your social media efforts. If you're like most jewelry entrepreneurs, then social media has become an integral part of your jewelry business. But how do you know if your efforts are paying off? So we'll be exploring various methods and metrics to help you measure success and progress on social media. It's time to move beyond just counting likes and followers and truly understand the impact that your social media marketing efforts are making. I'll be covering how to audit your social media marketing presence to identify strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. In addition, we'll be diving into the importance of setting realistic goals and benchmarks, which key performance indicators or KPIs can provide valuable insights into your social media performance, and why qualitative measures and feedback from your audience are also so important in gauging the effectiveness of your social media campaigns. After all, building strong connections and fostering genuine engagement with your followers is just as important as the numbers on your analytics dashboard. I just want to remind you that our free Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart program is wrapping up at the end of July. Anyone who signs up before it ends will continue to have access to the PDF worksheet downloads, but we'll be closing off new signups. So if you want to sign up for this free podcast-guided program, visit joyjoya.com jump while you still, still can. For this episode, Jumpstart members will get a template for conducting their own social media marketing audit. But before we get to the solid gold, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast has both audio and video, so you can either listen on your favorite podcast platform or watch on YouTube by searching Joy Joya. You can support the podcast for free by taking the time not only to subscribe, but also to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, did you know I also co-host another one with jewelry marketer Liz Kantner? It's called Success with Jewelry. We've released 43 free episodes where you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube and... We also have an insider community where we share extended episodes, hands-on guidance, and a plethora of resources. Visit successwithjewelry.com to learn more. Okay, my sparklers, let's get into the next installment of Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart, all about seeking opportunities for improvement in your social media marketing strategy, as well as measuring progress and success. And as a reminder for this episode, Jumpstart members will get the template for conducting a social media marketing audit. 
If you want that template, sign up at joyjoya.com slash jump to take advantage. All right. So first, let's talk about how to audit your social media marketing presence to identify strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And we'll also talk about the importance of setting realistic, yes, realistic goals for your social media marketing. So what is an audit? It's kind of not the most exciting sounding thing, right? But it's so important. It allows you to determine what's working and assess whether or not your social media content is actually aligning with your audience and aligning with best practices. It requires you to thoroughly examine your social media marketing efforts. So this can be focused on one platform like Instagram, for example, if you want to know more specifically about how you're performing on Instagram, or it can cover your presence on multiple platforms like the ones we've been talking about in addition to Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, and whatever else that you're using. So it not only helps you evaluate your current strategy, but it also allows you to identify opportunities for maybe new platforms, new approaches to your current platforms, For example, if you are not on TikTok yet, but you kind of are considering it, you're wondering whether or not it's right for your brand rather than just diving into it without any sort of strategy or intention, doing an audit can help you determine if it really is the right time to expand to that new social media platform. So during the process of this audit, you'll be examining a lot of different things, including your profile, the types of content you post, so like the formats, and also what is in the actual content. You'll be looking at platform-specific best practices, which we talked a lot about in the last episode, 248, And you'll be looking at the demographics of your brand and how that compares to the demographics of the people who are following you on social media. I would say the most ideal situation for auditing would be to do this about every three months. And I say that because as you know, in the world that we're in, social media changes so rapidly. We know like every week there's something new on Instagram. So three months is actually kind of like a long time to wait to do that. Um, But also doing an audit takes a big time commitment. So if you can set a reminder every six months or even once a year to sit down and do this audit, it will help you keep up with all these changes. It will help you keep up with the new platforms and the best practices so that you're regularly reviewing your strategy, you're ensuring that you're keeping up with this evolving landscape, and you're not getting stuck in outdated approaches. Also, Conducting an audit can help you identify trends in the social media space. So when I say trends, it doesn't mean that you're a trendy brand, but it kind of helps you see what is working in general, what is popular, so that you can not look like an Instagram dinosaur when you post and you're actually doing like current practices. So now that we got all that out of the way, Let's talk about how to actually prepare for this audit. 
The first step, of course, is to decide which channels you want to be including in the audit. As I said earlier, you don't have to audit all your social media channels at once. Focus on the ones that are most important to your brand or even the ones that you feel unsure about or maybe that you're thinking about exploring or investing in further. So if Instagram is like a big question mark for you, for example, maybe it's not performing as well as you'd like, then start just by auditing Instagram and see from there what improvements can be made. Every business is unique, so you need to be prioritizing the channels that align with your goals. After you decide on the channel or channels you wanna be focusing on, you're gonna be gathering the relevant data and metrics. I'm gonna put that thought on a hold for a second because we'll be coming back to metrics in just a second, but just know you'll be gathering data. It's also gonna be so important to define your objectives or goals. So by doing this audit, you need to have in mind what you hope to learn from it. So if you're on Instagram and you wanna kind of better understand your engagement and what content is kind of performing the best and getting the best engagement, then you need to have that idea in your head before you get started. If you're just doing an audit because me, Larissa, told you to do it and you feel like you're checking off a box, it's not gonna be valuable to you because you personally don't have a stake in it or know what you want to get out of it. And then during the audit, you'll be focusing on evaluating various things like content quality, consistency in your brand voice and identity, your engagement rates, your interactions, with your followers. So you kind of have to be familiar with where to also find these things on the platform. And also remember that doing this is not gonna be like a one and done thing. It's going to require ongoing monitoring and tracking so that you can assess how effective your approach is and that you're always able to identify areas of improvement. I see this so often with Instagram. A brand that is doing in 2023 the same thing they were doing on Instagram in 2013, and they're wondering why things are not working with them, working for them. So the platform has changed almost, it's almost unrecognizable for back from how it was in 2013. So you need to figure out, okay, how can I bring my brand up to speed and actually do the best practices that Instagram expects from me? And ultimately this practice will really empower you to make informed decisions. Stop feeling frustrated by social media, capitalize on the trends, and really make sure that your strategy is aligned with your business goals so you're not just treading water and checking off the box of social media. And if you go into this with a curious and analytical mindset, then you can really unlock those valuable insights that will enhance your social media performance. All right, so now that we got like the basics of that out of the way, I wanna circle back to that data point that I had you just put on hold for a moment and talk about which key performance indicators or KPIs do you wanna be choosing or looking at 
to help you evaluate your social media performance. So I'll be breaking down these metrics. So first, you need to know where to even find this data. This is so much going to depend on which platform you're focusing on. Let's just talk about Instagram for a second because I know this is relevant for a lot of you out there. So with Instagram, you can either access this data in your Meta Business Suite account or within the Instagram app in Instagram Insights. So if you're on Pinterest or TikTok or a different social media platform, all of those platforms have their own analytics dashboards, and that's where you would find the data. And you could also reference Google Analytics, which can help you understand if social media is a source of traffic to your website. So you need to first familiarize yourself with where to actually find the data. And then with Instagram, as I mentioned, you can go right in the app and look at Instagram insights. But even that can feel really overwhelming for jewelry business owners. They kind of see a bunch of numbers. They're not sure what to focus on, what actually matters. So let me tell you just a few to focus on, and then ultimately you'll need to decide for your business and your goals which ones make the most sense to track. So one of the most key metrics that you want to be looking at for not just Instagram, but really any social media platform is engagement. And that is referring to the total number of, say, likes, clicks, shares, saves, and comments. And it represents that people are actually interacting with your content and not just scrolling past it. I think this is a much better indicator of the effectiveness of your social media marketing than say something like your follower count or even just your like count on its own because it shows all the ways that people are interacting with your content. And if you want to track engagement in Instagram insights, you would go to the accounts engaged section in insights. And this section provides an overview of how many accounts have interacted with your content, and you'll get a breakdown of both followers and non-followers. And then you can even see by content type, okay, do people engage more with reels? Do people engage more with stories? It helps you understand what types of content you're posting that's really having the greatest impact on your audience. Another metric to really pay attention to is reach. So that's the number of people who are basically exposed to your content. It's not as crucial as engagement because it's, I guess, not as hands-on, but reach will tell you how many eyeballs get on your content. And that's kind of a sign, a higher reach is a sign that Instagram is deeming your content valuable enough to like put it on more people's feeds. And we all know that satisfying the Instagram algorithm is really the end all be all, right? I hope you detect the sarcasm in my voice, but that is really what it means. I would say follower growth is also worth monitoring, but 
Again, not as important as engagement. It does show like brand awareness. It shows the number of people who are interested in actually committing to following you. I would not obsess over follower numbers, but it's good to kind of like keep your eyes on them. And then looking at your audience demographics within Instagram insights is so crucial. I would say a lot of jewelry brands that I talk to, they have kind of this intuitive understanding of who their target audience is. But when you sit down and look at the data of who is following you on, say, Instagram, who's interacting with your content, you may have some really surprising discoveries like, oh, okay, 18 to 24-year-old men is not who I thought was interested in my content. And it helps you make sure that the content you're putting out there is aligned with what your target audience wants to see and maybe even give you some really surprising insights about your business. And you can find that information also in Instagram Insights. Also, If you sell products online or you have a website and it's very important for you to know how people are getting to your website, then Google Analytics can give you a deeper understanding of the role that social media plays in driving traffic to your site. So that's super important as well. Again, as I mentioned, Not all of these metrics will be relevant for all businesses at every stage of business. It comes down to your goals. What are you trying to achieve with social media marketing? Are you aiming for brand awareness, customer engagement, driving traffic to your site? Once you have clarity on your goals, then it will make more sense which metrics to track to see if you're actually on the way toward your goals. And it's really crucial, even after you do this audit, if you've never checked in with your social media analytics, then once a month, you need to be doing this kind of like as maintenance, the same way you would if you get your car fixed. Well, you're not gonna ever, not ever go get your car maintained ever again. You're gonna have to go back on a regular basis to make sure that it still works and it will get you to where you want to go. And lastly, I wanna talk about qualitative measures. So qualitative measures is The opposite of quantitative. Quantitative is more in line with data and numbers. Qualitative is more about feedback from your audience and your like intuitive feeling based on what people are telling you or giving you back. This is also so important in gauging the effectiveness of your social media campaigns. As I mentioned before, the strong connections, the genuine engagement that you're able to cultivate with your followers is just as important, if not more important, than those dang numbers on your analytics dashboard. So these qualitative measures would be things like comments, direct messages, conversations, general like feedback, reviews, all of these things also give you deeper insights into the thoughts, feelings, and perceptions of your customer. They give valuable context. They help you understand the impact of your content on a more personal level. 
And paying attention to this feedback can help you identify what resonates with your audience, can help you address their concerns, can help you refine your social media strategy in a way that just looking at numbers will not offer you. So I don't recommend just looking at qualitative measures. They should be be looked at side by side with numbers, but they're still so important for those valuable insights that just the numbers on their own will not give you. Okay, that's it for now about auditing and metrics. Go to joyjoya.com slash jump for additional information, action items, and further resources. If you want a more hands-on, hands-on support on doing an audit, when you sign up, you'll get an auditing template that will walk walk you through this process step-by-step. And remember, you can only sign up for a few more weeks, and then access will be closed to all new signups. Before we get into the gold mine, as well as my jewelry marketing news roundup, I want to share a case study of a jewelry brand that I think embodies my approach to marketing. All right, this week's content case study features Orate. They're a fine jewelry brand based in New York City, and they believe everyone deserves jewelry that's worthy of them, and they create durable pieces with transparent pricing and sustainable practices. They truly target the self-purchasing customer. So what caught my eye was a recent email campaign that they really perfectly timed before Amazon Prime Day, which is July 11th and 12th. And Orate sent this email on July 7th. And the subject line said, in all caps with like periods after each word, summer Black Friday is here. And I think if you're a jewelry brand listening or watching and you offer promotional discounts, even if it's just once or twice a year, please take note of this example. So the playful and conversational copy in this email explained the concept. They said, Black Friday is traditionally for gifting others, but we've never done things by the book. You buy for yourself, so we created this for you. Really kind of like bold and edgy and confident and empowering. So they're offering their biggest ever summer Black Friday sale, 35% off orders of $1,000 or more. And the email really encouraged customers to shop and highlighted that in the very transparent way, this is the deepest discount of the year. And I think by leveraging the timing of this email, Ori is able to stand out from the noise of regular Black Friday deals in November and also Prime Day deals, which is now its own the Black Friday. And they really understand that their customers, you know, they are decent earners, but they also are smart with their spending. They have limited budgets. And so Orate is strategically positioning themselves ahead of Prime Day. And in addition, the boldness, boldness, tone, and unique approach 
made this campaign stand out. It was kind of like, I give no Fs, if you know what I'm saying. So while common discounting holidays like Black Friday can be effective for generating sales, I think jewelry brands should really also consider offering promotional discounts outside of these traditional periods. So when you strategically time throughout the year, you can create unique opportunities to attract customers, stand out from the competition, catch your target customer at a time where they feel more comfortable spending because they're not strapped on cash. And then it also gives customers the chance to indulge in that self-purchase. So jewelry brands like yours can create a sense of exclusivity and urgency, enticing customers to make a purchase and fostering loyalty through memorable experiences. What do you think? Let me know in a podcast review or YouTube comment. Okay, let's get into the goldmine. If you're new to this podcast, you should know, the goldmine is a special segment where I get a little bit personal. And I talk about topics like entrepreneurship, success, mindset, growth, I share personal stories, etc. Today's topic is all about the launch of a new social media platform called Threads by Meta, the parent company of Instagram and Facebook. So Threads is being positioned as a competitor to Twitter, allowing posts of up to 500 characters with links to photos and videos up to five minutes long. The interface has that familiar Twitter-like look, but with a friendlier and more fun vibe, at least so far. I'll cover more details about the launch in the news roundup in just a moment, but I first wanted to share this personal take on social media and the honestly overwhelmed feeling I had when I first downloaded and opened threads. I've been working in digital marketing since way back in 2009. And from that point, I was able to really witness the rise and evolution of numerous social media platforms over the past 14 years. It's been quite a journey. So You can imagine I was intrigued when I learned about Threads and how they suddenly launched on July 5th. Unfortunately, it happened just as I was looking forward to some well-deserved time off for the 4th of July. So like the last thing I wanna do is try to investigate a new platform. But being the dedicated marketer that I am, I immediately downloaded the app, signed up, started exploring it. After all, it's my job to stay up to date with these trends, you know? So I'm always curious about new platforms. And I have 100% been a passionate advocate of social media marketing since early days. I was an early adopter of platforms like Twitter. I was active and engaged right from the start. And over the years, I've embraced new platforms like Snapchat, and I've seen how existing platforms like Instagram continuously evolve, just as we talked about earlier in this episode. But I have to admit, if I'm being totally honest, when I opened threads for the first time, I was just hit with a wave of exhaustion. (laughs) And I don't think I'm alone in feeling this way. And it's funny because With threads, if you're used to using Twitter, it's not even like you have to learn how to use a whole new platform, like with TikTok, for example. But still, I just, the first feeling I had was 
oh my God, I don't want to deal with anything else new. And of course, clients started reaching out to me, asking whether they should jump on that Threads bandwagon and how they should integrate it into their business strategies. And it's not just marketers like me feel who feel overwhelmed. I can't even imagine what it must feel like to be a small business owner who relies on social media marketing to engage with their customers. They don't have time to keep up with the social media and marketing news the way that I do because it's my job. I think it's one thing if you're a small business owner and you've already kind of found your rhythm and established your presence on a platform and it's like working for you right now, but it's an even more overwhelming thing if you are either new to the market or you've been around a while and you're still experimenting and trying to navigate social media and trying to make it work for you. And there's already so much pressure to create engaging video content, master tools like reels and be a visual storyteller and a writer and all the things, a, a social media strategist all at once. It's totally exhausting and all the updates, all the new things that are out there only just adds to that confusion. And so I'm mostly just saying this to let you know you shouldn't feel alone and that I think it's really hard for everyone and that if I have to make a prediction, something's about to give. I just feel it. I just have been doing this for so long and it feels like we're reaching some kind of breaking point. <laughs> I don't know. And I did recently come across a study about social media marketers. So many of them are leaving the field. And this one article published by The Atlantic in November 2022 titled The Very Eye-Catching the age of social media is ending. Basically, the gist of this article is when things get disjointed, confusing, and overwhelming, it's a sign that the current state of social media is unsustainable. There's a point where users like you, like me, like everyone, simply can't keep up anymore. And so there is this possibility that the era of social media may come to an end. And we've seen that already with this evolution from what was once actual networking, actual connection making, is now more just like entertainment with content creators who are putting out content and broadcasting, which is a lot of what we see on TikTok. So the focus really has shifted from the original purpose of social media, of connecting with others, to now constantly publishing and consuming content, which I don't see how that could possibly be sustainable. And there's the toxic nature of social media. There's the addictive nature of social media. It just seems like, again, something has got to give here. I think a lot of business owners can't keep up with it. And even with bigger businesses, businesses that have the budgets to sustain social media teams, it's hard to keep those professionals 
on staff and like not have their mental health completely decimated by the work because it is so, there's so much pressure. So the article goes on to say that, yeah, this is all scary and uncertain and what is going on, but perhaps the decline of social media platforms or like this breaking point could present an opportunity to reevaluate how much we as just people and as business owners depend on these platforms and maybe find a way back to more meaningful connections. So in the meantime, what are you supposed to do when you feel burnt out, uncertain about the future of social media, especially when it has been for so long the primary way to promote your business? for who knows, over a decade, maybe more? Well, I have some thoughts. (laughs) They're not gonna solve everything, but maybe some of these things can help you. First, if you are really feeling so overwhelmed where I am honestly almost at the point, take a break. Allow yourself some time off from social media. This can help at least alleviate some of the burnout and then follow my tips for an audit come back to it with a fresh perspective, a fresh approach, something that's more sustainable and works for you. Definitely reevaluate your goals. Again, that can happen in the auditing process that I explained. Maybe if you're at the point where you're trying to maintain a presence on like every social media platform, then streamline your focus. Again, that can come through auditing to help you understand where you can make the most impact. If you're able to start outsourcing some social media tasks, even small ones, or delegate them to team members, try to focus on quality, even though there's so much pressure to keep up with quantity. So emphasize the things about your brand that really are the most compelling and interesting. And take time This might sound counterintuitive because you probably want to be spending less time on these platforms, but maybe focus or change the focus of the types of activity you do when you're on the platforms. So maybe instead you take time to actually engage with people, leave comments, write back to comments, DM with people, focus on the relationship aspect of social media. So those are my tips. I would love to know how you feel. How does threads make you feel? And where are you on the scale of social media burnout? Let me know. Tell me in a YouTube comment or a podcast review or reach out to me directly. I would love to know your thoughts. All right, let's get into the news roundup where I share three relevant articles related to jewelry or marketing. Of course, From social media today comes Meta Launches Threads, provides insights into coming elements. So I am a little bit late to the game in talking about this, but I had pre-recorded last week's episode before the July 4th holiday, so it sounds like I'm really behind, but I am up to speed. So it officially launched on July 5th in 100 countries, including the US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. And as I mentioned, posts on threads could be up to 500 characters, can include links, photos, and videos up to five minutes in length. It's like 
basically a different version of Twitter. It uh, the threads are all presented in one main feed, and then users can like, repost, and reply to each update. So it's designed to work on a decentralized protocol. So the app will eventually allow users to have a threads.net username and facilitate greater freedom to use in-app info and engage in conversations across other apps and digital spaces. And this article thinks that threads may attract a significant number of non-Twitter users, especially Instagram users, because it's so easy to go from Instagram and create an account. But they also think it will become a viable alternative to Twitter. So my main takeaway is it's still early days of the platform. So it will be interesting to see how it evolves and whether or not it attracts interest and engagement from users. The next article comes from Gifts and Decorative Accessories publication, and it's called Three Store Event Themes That Are Sure to Create a Sense of Community. I just want to remind you that if you have an e-commerce business, you should always be looking for ways to connect with your customers in person as much as possible. Even if you already have a store or some other in-person presence, it really could be great to do something special and out of the norm. And hosting an event every once in a while is a great idea for creating emotional connections and building loyalty. So creating a loyal customer base starts by making customers feel part of a community. And especially for independent retailers, it helps them engage with customers on a more personal level. So gifts and decorative accessories shared three ideas for events that can really help you do that. One, start thinking about the holiday season, which will be here before we know it. So hosting holiday after hours parties can allow the community or like your group of local customers to gather in the store or another space and create a festive atmosphere leading to increased customer loyalty and new friendships. You can have an event where you offer freebies such as gourmet samples and small gifts. Again, to create a festive atmosphere, you could have music or some other kind of free activity to make customers feel special. You can also consider partnering with local charities for give back events that not only promote your brand, but also generate sales and foster positive, warm-hearted feelings toward the business. When you do decide to engage in an event, it's so important to set specific goals, whether that's to generate sales, attract new customers, or give back to the community. That helps you have clarity on the approach. And don't forget to collaborate with these, collaborate in these events. So that could be with local organizations, chambers of commerce, nonprofits, other businesses. That can help expand the reach and opportunities for successful jewelry brand events. My main takeaway is don't forget to forge those in-person connections. And if you're already doing that on a regular basis, then try to look for ways to continue to make them feel more special or more novel. And then the last article comes from Practical E-Commerce and it's called Tools for SEO Email Alerts. 
If you can't be bothered to monitor SEO and website health regularly, but you still want to make sure that nothing major is wrong with your site or that no dramatic changes in traffic have happened, then you may want to sign up for some kind of alerts that can let you know if there's some kind of big issue with your search presence. And then you can either hire help to support you or find a way to do it yourself. And that's so important to prevent like a major loss in traffic to your website. And so e-commerce jewelry business owners really need to be monitoring these metrics to ensure the website is performing well. And there are a few ways to do that. First, Google Analytics Insights can provide custom email alerts based on changes in traffic, conversions, and revenue. There's Google Search Console, which can send automated email notifications about errors, performance tips, and security issues. There's Web CEO, which is an SEO analysis and monitoring platform, and that can offer email alerts for changes in your keyword rankings for technical issues and for link changes. There are a whole bunch out there. If you want to kind of learn more about this, I would recommend you check out this article from Practical E-Commerce, which I'll link in the show notes so you can get more details about each of these tools. My main takeaway is that Working with jewelry business owners, I've definitely seen major issues or changes happen to e-commerce websites without the owner realizing it because they're not checking in with their SEO or their website health regularly. So don't let this happen to you when it's totally preventable. Did you have any questions about Jewelry Marketing Jumpstart or anything I talked about in this episode? You can always email me Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend who'd appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're completely new to digital marketing, then you'll want to purchase and read a copy of my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. Visit joyjoya.com slash book for more information.